The problem is when you have these specialty phones, Pocophone, Razor phone, like all these phones that you see on the Android side where you're like, Android phones can do this. Back in the day, it was Apple had, I believe they had an eight megapixel camera for like five years. They didn't upgrade yeah, the camera. To last and, year or something. Right. While Google was doing, you know, or Android phones were doing 10 megapixel, 12 megapixel, and even more. The problem is if you are Pocophone or Razor phone and you expect to sell 100,000 phones, that means you need 100,000 12 megapixel cameras. If you're Apple and you expect to sell 240 million phones, mm-hmm. you need 240 million 12 megapixel cameras. And if Sony says to you, we can't make that number of, of cameras for your phone, we can't, we can't supply that reliably, then Apple's going to say, okay, we're not doing that then because unless we have every single part of the phone available to us, we can't make the phone. And we're not going to take the gamble that says, you know, in March there's something that happens to the supply chain of the cameras, and now we can't make phones for six weeks. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards. We're back, and I'm John Rettinger. Geared Up is your weekly look at the world of consumer electronics and gadgets. And John, this week, we have what I thought would be potentially the greatest guest that we've ever had. I thought that. However, as we all met up in this Google Duo call... Number one, it took him like 10 minutes to actually click on the link and join us. And then number two, when he actually showed up in the video chat, he shows up with the most ridiculous hat I may have ever seen in my life. Ever. Now, if we can set the stage, so obviously listeners can't hear this, but we we can see everybody. John shows up wearing what I can only describe as a fan hat, like a hat (laughs) with 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 two fans on it. And he described it as sucking in air and spitting cool air on his face. Now, this is Mr. John Prosser, by the way, Hello, who is everybody. our guest this week. By the oh, way, yeah, we should, we should I, have, I have some bones to pick. Last time I was here, you said yeah. I was the greatest guest. Okay. Correct. And I, I felt really good about that. You know, I right. went and I ended the show. I slept really good that night. I was like, all right, I'm their best guest. But then Sarah Dietschy was on the next week and she yep. was definitely the best guest ever. So is this right. just something you say to everybody and I'm not actually special? Listen, you were, but then after, if you recall after the show, you refused to tell anybody that you were even here. And That's so not true. Sarah, oh yes, it is. You were like, <laughs> hey, true. I'm on the Painfully Honest podcast this week, ladies and gentlemen. You said nothing of Geared Up and Sarah so graciously. I'm going to tweet it in all people. caps now. <laughs> this one's going out in all caps three times. All so right, no one good, can miss good. the tweet. Also, listen, my hat is special. I got it in the mail. I just, I don't know who it's from or how I have it, which is probably a reason not to wear it. That's even better. <laughs> but it has vents on the front. Like if you're standing in front of me, the vents face you, right? Okay. And yep. then it sucks in the air from the world and yep. it cools it and then it spits it into my face. So yes. you walk out there and you're, you have your own little air conditioner. Your face is nice and air conditioned and it's filtered air. So I can't get Rona. At least that's what I think. Well, let's let's test okay. it out and see what happens. I'm yeah, very I'll, curious. Test it, I'll test it for the never when I go out in public. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, let's talk some tech. So, hey, John Prosser is here, big journalist in the in general, but especially as it pertains to the behind the scenes of some of these companies, especially Apple in recent times. So we have some yes. behind the scenes Apple stuff we're going to talk about later in the show. But let's go back to last the last show, John. So Rewind. since the last show, you were on it. There's two Johns here, so I'm going to be saying John, and no one's going to know who I'm talking to. John Rettinger, 
Last show, <laughs> you mentioned that you could only talk about the hardware experience of the Surface Duo. You oh, are not man, allowed yeah, to talk about yeah, it's been, it's turning been, it's been it on. It's been a while. Been a while. Right. Now, since then, I've gotten one as well. We were able to talk about it. We were able to turn them on. How do you feel about this device now that you could just be completely honest about both the hardware yes. and the software? It's fresh in my head, too. Actually, this morning, I, I filmed a Duo versus Fold 2 video. And my thoughts on the Surface are, I think, different than a lot of people. And I've been really hard on Microsoft in years past. I've made many videos entitled Don't Buy Whatever Products. I think it's they're charging a premium for not premium products. I look at the Duo very much under the lens of this is not a phone. This is something else that happens to make phone calls. I think for people who are expecting a smartphone experience will be very disappointed. If you go into it expecting it, I, I view this as a perfect companion device to something else. I think Microsoft. So, are you saying you should, if you buy it, you should you should carry your actual phone? Correct. That's what he just said. Okay, that's actually that's actually is what I'm saying. Okay, (laughs) it's too tough to use as a phone. It's it's like two separate phone experiences. I think the hardware is amazing, and the hardware has no business being that good and feeling that good for Gen One. But it's not a device forever for everybody. As far as the aesthetic, when it comes to the looks. The software, despite being made by Microsoft, which soft is in the name, is not ready for prime time. And I'm not talking about like crazy things the software should be doing. I'm talking about like swiping home. Yeah. <laughs> like big, very, very simple software things are not there. And I think Microsoft's decision to essentially use stock Google and work with Google instead of making their own version was an interesting choice. You probably won't see the result of that until, you know, another probably two generations from now. Yeah. I listen. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> if, if you're going to tell people this device is $1,400 and this is your secondary device, right? Even at $1,400 alone, without needing a second device, like talking about the Z Fold 2, well, that's almost yeah. a $2,000 device. But I digress. At $1,400, it's, it's enough of a stretch to be someone's primary and only device. To make it a secondary device on top of that, at that cost, is so out of reach. However... Mm-hmm. If it was a great software experience, I could see it. But like you talked about, even swiping home was a problem. Now, I had a problem. When I go into Outlook (laughs) and Outlook is having a problem on this device, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm shutting it. I'm I'm, I'm closing this down. And I don't know if I ever want to open it again. Because your own apps, Office, should be working flawlessly on this device. And they're not. So this is... In my opinion, the prime, the prime example of when I, I always say great software is better than great hardware. And this fantastic hardware is just not great because of the here's software. A qu- here's a question, though. Next year, same yeah. hardware. It's great hardware. If the yep. software is great, is it any better? Yeah. If you use the so. exact same Can hardware. you justify it just with, the, with great software? I would say so. Yeah. The only thing that I would change, and this is a very, very minor thing. Actually, John Prosser, I think you talked about this. The rumor that Apple was working on a foldable that yeah. wouldn't have a folding display, but it would kind of be like two displays that met in the middle. So you wouldn't, right. it would look as if it was one display. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I would change here because there is a break between the two displays where There's you can see. There's like a see, gap, right? Yeah, like you, can you can see, see through the world. It. <laughs> exactly. You can see through it. The That's my only is, thing. It's really good at single tasking multiple apps yes and if you're trying to use it as one big screen for watching video or playing games you'll be very disappointed yeah is there any noticeable lag between the two it depends and that just comes down to the software right i mean i've seen 
experiences with people playing Stadia games and like xCloud, like one on each screen and like pretty smoothly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like Andrew mentioned, like you try to send an email and like the whole thing crashes. Yeah. So, like it's, it's like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> right. I, I, right. I don't know. Maybe it's too bad. Yeah. I do think the hardware itself is, is nice. It feels like it feels futuristic, but the software certainly does not. Maybe they'll call the surface duo to the surface do over. This guy, look at this guy. Here are we that, folks. That, that would have that been the tweet free, of the folks. day. Please tweet that. <laughs> Staying on the Microsoft topic, switching over to Xbox and PlayStation Ooh. 5. Now, we've been following this and we've been making predictions. We have. And we now know the pricing of both the Xbox Series S, the Xbox Series X, mm-hmm. and the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 5 Digital Only Edition. And John, I want to know, Prosser, how okay. did it... <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm sorry. I meant Rettinger and I'm saying, what is going on? <laughs> Man, you're all over the place. Yes, John Rettinger. Yes. You, I want to know how these prices, after you saw them all, kind of lined up with the expectations that you had in particular. First, I felt vindicated after getting shredded by my audience for saying Microsoft was going to undercut the price of the PlayStation. Yeah. In fact, I even called the prices for what they were going to be, and I got wrecked. So first of all, I felt good for myself. Congratulations. Uh, but also, I, give, I do want to give Sony credit because the hardware, at least I believe in the PlayStation 5, costs more component for component than what's in the Series X, yeah. just based on, on what they're doing. So they're taking a huge loss, even at $499 for like the top-end yep. version. I mean, they're in it to win. And then the $399 you know, to take off the, the optical and go for digital only, I think is a very fair price, actually. What's interesting in this, and the same thing for the I mean, Series that Blu-ray X, right? drive doesn't even cost $30. Let me just throw that out there. And that's the only difference. <laughs> I mean, probably. Especially because Sony's head of the Blu-ray consortium on top of that. Figure they get a <laughs> discount. But on the Xbox side, I think $499 is a fair price for the Series X, but $299 for the Series S yeah. is crazy. And there's a lot of confusion over what the Series S type games it can play. Right. Essentially, it, it can do like Series, it can do, what is it? Xbox One S games at like double the performance. So it's like yes. two One S's. It's a little bit confusing. But when people just look at the price, they're like $299. You're like, damn. And I also, mean, it has all the processing power, right? It's just correct. not enough to do 4K. So it doesn't do 4K. Right. And so yes. that's actually a lot of the confusion that I see. And so basically, people and Prosser went on a rant about this like a year and a half ago about people looking at specs and only judging mm-hmm. on specs. When you look at the specs between the Series S and Series X, you instantly will think, oh, the Series S is so much worse. But the specs are specifically focused on resolution. So if you're playing a Series S or Series X, it's not going to feel any slower. It's not going to feel sluggish. It's not going to it's going to be the exact same experience. It just won't be at 4K. It'll be at 1440p. That's it. That's the only difference that the specs show. The yeah. Series X has higher specs so that it can reach 4K and also Microsoft says 8K gaming. I'm not sure. Sh- I'll believe that part when I see it. But other than that, it's the exact same experience other than, of course, less storage and no disk drive. So it's an all digital console. Agreed. Two points about Microsoft. First, I kind of love that they spend $0 designing the exterior box casing of the Series <laughs> X. Uh, they're like, I don't know, the, the, this works. 
and, and clearly put that R&D into the hardware. But also, I've mentioned it several times on this podcast, Microsoft has no problem dropping bills, like billy, billion, billions of dollars. Yeah. Today, they bought ZeniMax Media and Bethesda dude, for $7.5 billion. Oh, I didn't and see that price that's, tag. That's Elder Scrolls. That's Fallout. That's Doom. Dishonored. Wolfenstein. I mean, like, I mean, we're, we're talking about going an argument from Microsoft has no exclusives to like yeah. Microsoft just doesn't have uh, what God, <laughs> yeah. God of War and Spider-Man. Right. And what the that was a big us, that's a big boy move right there. Big, dude, big seven point five billion dollars. That's Damn. I mean, that's how you go into a new console generation. Now, John Prosser, do you play games? Are you a gamer? Where you at? I so I'm weird with games. I have a personality where if I <laughs> do happen to like a game, I'm done. Like my life for the next few weeks is just like I ju- I might as well just play on the toilet because I'm not going to do anything but that <laughs> game. So it is consistently Fallout. Like if I even if I spend mm. even ten minutes with Fallout, it is enough to trap me for the next ten days every time. So good. And now that Microsoft, you know, is going to own Fallout, I mean, I, I assume the exclusives won't happen this year. Yeah, but well, we don't down know. The ro- I mean, down, they could down the road. I mean, I guess they could. They can make it real fast. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, the PS5 version, just throw it away. Yeah, <laughs> just don't, don't release it on PlayStation. Yeah. But assuming those exclusives happen, that's like, that's bad news for PlayStation. Very, very bad news for PlayStation. Especially games like Fallout and Elder Scrolls. Right. Fallout's amazing. Yeah. The pre-order fiasco. Did, 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 <laughs> did either oh, of you get into this? What a disaster that was. Sony apologized, right? So, yes, but Sony, first they put out a tweet that said, hey, don't worry, we'll let you know when pre-orders are going to start. So yeah, we didn't tell tomorrow. you yet, but we, we'll it's let you tomorrow. know. tomorrow. Don't worry. Don't worry, guys. And then... It'll happen tomorrow sometime. We'll let you know exactly when. Then all of a sudden, they just start going live that same day. (laughs) So if you followed Sony on Twitter and then you said, you know what? I'm going to put alerts. I want notifications the second Mm -hmm. they say these pre-orders are going live. They never told you they were going live. They told you to wait. And then next thing you know, they're gone. Yes. (laughs) What? And it was like every website that was that had pre-orders, whether it was Amazon or Best Buy or GameStop, they were all down and crashed. Yep. You got things in the cart, and then they would cancel. I mean, it was just an absolute disaster. Absolute disaster. Uh, then all the pre-orders on Amazon. Amazon sent an email out the next day saying, "Yeah, we don't know when you're getting yours, so thanks for pre-ordering. <laughs> Good luck to you. <laughs> Thank you, sir." <laughs> I mean, just an absolute mess. Then Microsoft kind of got a little sassy. It was like, "Our pre-orders will be easy." Yep. We'll see what happens there. Here's the day and date of our pre-orders. At least you know. At least as long you as you're know. not making your pre-orders on the duo. Right, which is uh, the 20th. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible, terrible. All right, let's take our first break. As we said earlier, we will be getting John Prosser's inside knowledge and predictions as to what we're going to see later this year coming out of Apple. But before we get there, we're also going to talk about the new products Apple just dropped and announced. It's coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called 
technically speaking, where I bring you the latest, my picks for the best tech for business travel. Whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel, there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun. You can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash national car rent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. Big thank you once again to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. All right, let's get to the story of the week. Apple had their event a couple of weeks ago, or last week, actually. It was last week. They announced the Apple Watch Series 6, the Apple Watch SE, iPad 8th generation and iPad Air. The Apple Watches and the 8th generation iPad are now available. I've got one here, or when I say one, I mean the Apple Watch. They sent over the Apple Watch Series 6 in product red, and they sent me a space gray, I think it's called. Whatever the dark one is of the SE. Did you guys see that article from like VentureBeat that was like, Apple doesn't like old people and kids, so they're going to oh, not gosh. put the ECG in there and kill them all? I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. So like, yeah, what Venture, the hell? They put I, out an article what do you saying, want? Right, right. So Apple puts out the Series 6, which is their flagship watch, which has every feature in it. And this year, in addition to the flagship watch, they decided to release a lower-end model similar to what they have with the iPhone SE. It's the Apple Watch SE. So it's cheaper. So it's uh, $279 versus $399. That's a pretty good good chunk of change. By the way, I'm the only one who called all the details about that watch. Everyone was saying it was going to look like the Series 3. Looks like the Series 4. You even called the name six. of the. You even called the name of it too, didn't you? Yeah, Siri or the SE has a Series Four design, no always on display, no ECG, and I called the price at two seventy nine. Well, I didn't call it. Calling it makes it sound like I predicted it. It was told to me, <laughs> so yeah. that's different. I wasn't. It wasn't a guess. You had an accurate source as it pertained yeah. to this device. VentureBeat says, "Hey, if Apple is releasing a device that's less expensive." but does not include the ECG and does not include the pulse oximeter, then Apple is being, how do you want to say it? They're not acting in the best way towards- Yeah, I think it's like malicious that they're- yeah. I mean, that's- Malicious intent that's towards crazy. elderly people and children because <laughs> like, they're not, not like including Not they have a this. choice. Like they can pick if they want a watch with ECG or, or whatever- right. And as somebody who ran a website for many, many years, like that was clearly just about the clicks. And beyond that, how many children need ECGs on the regular? Right. Like, I have a seven-year-old that's turning seven tomorrow. Like I'm not that I'm worried about a lot of things. Uh, fortunately, his heart is not chief among them right now. Yeah. Right. But if for some reason your child did need that, you could just buy them the other one that has it. <laughs> they like they made this oh, argument about God. public health as if Apple is a public health company. They're not. They're not a public yeah, health the, company. The, the title of the article should have just been Apple does business thing. <laughs> like it's <laughs> the same thing when, when people are like Apple's just ripping money out of you. They're they're trying to take money out of your pocket. I'm like it's a like it's a business, man. Yeah. Like that's it. And then people get so mad at me for saying this, but it is a it is a for profit business. And Tim Cook's sole responsibility is to the shareholders. Like that's yeah. anything outside of that is extra. 
right? Like donations. Th- they goodwill. made this stuff. They're just a regular technology company that is the most popular watch brand on the world that also makes ECG and all these other features that accessible. And instead of being like, yes. oh my, that is so cool that they focus on that. It's like, oh, you made a watch for regular people? Or that's mean? <laughs> just like, I don't <laughs> it, it, understand what the issue is here. It, it was a ridiculous article. Yes. Let's talk uh, new products. I also... I have a Series 6 on my wrist, and I've got yep. another one here uh, that I bought myself because Apple is not sending me products. Um, <laughs> They're so, not sending any to me either. So so I, I have a Series 6, somebody who, who's worn every Apple Watch. Andrew, what's your impressions on, on Series 6? So the big feature that Apple was touting was the blood oximeter, which for me, so you can measure your blood actively if you choose to, and then it's also supposed mm-hmm. to just like do it at intervals throughout the day. Now, this isn't regulated like in terms of any health department or anything. Correct. This is just like, if you want to do it, it's there and you can do it yourself. Yes, yes. Yeah. But it's and not going to send I you found, notifications or anything? No, no notifications because okay. for that specific reason, unlike yeah. the ECG. I've found that the background readings are highly inaccurate. If you go below like 95% blood oxygen, that's pretty bad. And my background readings are like, hey, you have 72% blood oxygen. You're like, what? <laughs> so then I'll take it. It's like, hey, like 95%. Mm-hmm. So the ones where you actually take it yourself seem to be much more accurate than the background readings. But yeah. for me, that's not the main feature. The features for me that are making this watch worth it, there's two of them Number or three of them. Number one, battery life. Way better than my Series 5. My Series 5 was struggling to get through a whole day. And this one, when it's time to go to bed, I still have like 30% battery. Number two, the speed of charging. So when your battery is low, like I started to use it for sleep tracking to test it out, I'll get to 30% battery when it's time to go to bed. I'll put it on the charger. I'm going to like go brush my teeth or whatever. And I can get it up to 40% in like eight to 10 minutes. Yeah. So very nice. And the third one is the speed. It is noticeably faster than Series 5. And I, that might be because Series 5 was actually the Series 4 chip. 4 chip, yeah. Just redone and remade, repackaged. Not much faster than the Series... The Series 5 wasn't much faster than Series 4 at all. This is a nice substantial speed increase. So it's those three I things. I like how and they actually, did that with, with the SE. They were like, it yes. has the Series 5 chip. Nah. <laughs> no, nah, the Series actually, 4 no. chip as well. Yeah. <laughs> The last one, though, I forgot about the 2.5 times brighter always on display. It just feels like it's full brightness at this point. So mm-hmm. that's very nice. I think it's Can, I think can it's you nice. tell the difference outside? Absolutely. Instantly. Because the Series 5 always on display always felt dim. It was like purposefully mm-hmm. dim to save battery. And this one just feels like it just feels like it's on all the time. What do you think, John? Well, I'll, I'm going to start with the blood oxygen. Which is an interesting metric, and it's a bit of confusion over like what that actually means, right? Like, what does it mean? What does your blood oxygen level actually mean? So I actually asked my sister and brother-in-law, both of which are doctors, like, what is, what's the significance of blood oxygen? I asked yes. them yesterday. And it can be an indicator of heart health and lung health. So potentially for those two issues, so like COVID right now, for example, you would probably have less blood oxygen because your lungs would presumably not be working to a full capacity. Outside of that, it's not really an indicator for much else. There's been talk of it being used for things like panic attacks, other things, which it is can be, it can be a marker for. But as it stands right now, it's really just for those. It's another metric for your health. You can use it however you choose, right? I mean, that's how it stands right now, though. Right now. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Very limited right now. But that's not their, their plans aren't just that. And, and that certainly seems to be the case. Otherwise, it's a very odd thing to tout with very mm-hmm. limited functionality. It's like the U1 chip right now, right? Like it's going to be the future. 
But right now, it's just cool for airdrop. Yeah. It's just them sort of putting it in there so that, like, after a couple of years, most people have the sensor in their watch. So when they, you know, when watch OS 8 or 9 comes out, it all, all of a sudden has this crazy functionality. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. I have not, I charge my watch at night every night, so I have not noticed a faster charging. As long as I can get through a day before I go to bed, like, that's all I really care about battery life. But I will, I'm going to start paying better attention to it. One thing I have noticed is the Taptic engine is significantly better than the Series 5. The vibrations, and I never thought the Series 5 was bad. This just definitely feels better to me. The always-on display looks brighter. But I still think if you have a Series 5, there's very little reason Mm -hmm. to go for a 6 right now. Right until, you know, those new sensors are doing something new. There's just there's not really a compelling, like unless you really want the blue or the red. I, I can't see a huge reason to upgrade. A Series 4 is a different story. It's a nice upgrade. And I think the watch is something that's so important to so many people. Like they just don't care. Like I, should, I want the new one because it impacts my health. My dad has heart issues. I mean, so the yeah. Apple Watch to him is like, I mean, is, is a life-saving device. Right. So he's like, I don't like, I don't care. Like whatever, give me the new Apple Watch. And he's a guy who's like generally is like, yeah, my iPhone 5 is fine. Um, <laughs> so for those people, I think it's worth it. I, I think it's probably the least exciting, at least right now, Apple Watch update we've seen in a few years. Mm. The only mm, thing like, OK, so I usually have betas on all my devices. I yeah. didn't this year for my watch, though. I didn't upgrade to the beta for the watch. So the other day was the first time I installed watchOS 7. And I have never been more infuriated with a device because they just nerfed it like force touch is gone now and i yes. didn't remember or know that until i went to clear all my notifications yeah, and it was just like nah. and i was like i understand if the new one doesn't have the hardware but mine right. does and you took right. it away it's they re- it's just they got rid of they got rid of that on devices that have the hardware yes yes I, it's so infuriating like yes. i just updated it and now it's like oh yeah that part of your watch doesn't work anymore I'm just like, okay, why do you have to do this to me? And I didn't find out until I went to clear all my notifications. And now you weird. have to swipe all the way up and then hit clear all. No, because they advertise that as a feature when you bought it. And exactly. Then they, like if, if I bought it with that as a feature, why would you take it away later? Yeah. Strange. Hold, Strange. Hold away. It ripped. hurts to know that it's just <laughs> sitting in there list. and I can't use it. They also announced new iPads iPad 8th gen, not that exciting, although it is their, their best-selling iPad out there, so it has an A12 yeah. processor mm-hmm. now, which is much faster than the previous one, but other than that, it's your typical entry-level iPad. The iPad Air was the one that was more exciting. Oh, it's so spicy. It has the iPad Pro-like design, supports Apple Pencil 2, and the new A14 processor, which the iPhone doesn't even have yet. A lot of people are saying, why would you get an iPad Pro then? There are significant differences between the two still. iPad Pro, eight GPU cores, better battery, 120 hertz display, extra camera, LiDAR scanner, thinner bezels, brighter display, more dynamic range. That gap, though, is narrowing. Oh, for sure. The gap is narrowing. But what this tells me, this is just my expectation, seeing how good the iPad Air is now is an indicator of how good the next pro is going to be. Mm-hmm. And this or, is, or this, is this is be. all related to supply chain. Like it wasn't supposed to look this way. The iPads that came out earlier in the year were delayed. They were supposed to be out much earlier. So it's already weird that the iPad Pro came out like that and now the iPad Air's out and you're like, this happened in the same year and they're kind of the same thing. That's weird. But it was because of all the supply chain delays that it looks weird. It wasn't planned this way. In fact, right after this, we were supposed to be getting a new iPad Pro. 
which is now delayed. And so it, I feel like for the general public, they, they don't realize how weird this is. But for yeah. us, we're like, wait a minute. This is really close to what you just released with the iPad Pro. And Yeah. So when you weird. say it wasn't supposed to look like this, you don't mean visually the iPad. No, 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 no not the design. I mean, look like this in terms of like release, release timeline. Yeah. yeah. What were things supposed to look like? Well, the first, the iPads that came out earlier in the year, the iPad Pro was supposed to be out earlier than that. Mm-hmm. And then we we're supposed to have another iPad Pro with 5G capability at the end of this year, which now it looks like that's being pushed into next year. So it was supposed to look like new iPad Air that's really cool and then the even better iPad Pro. But now it just looks weird because we got we just yeah. have the iPad Pro from a few months ago and now yep. this iPad Air. And now, I mean, you see all the comparisons. They're like, why would you buy the iPad Pro now? Why was the Air not delayed until after the new iPads came out, the new iPad Pros came out? Because of the design, it's sort of just same thing they did with the iPhone SE. It was much easier to produce because they just have those parts. You know, they're not new parts. It's yeah. sort of like the chassis existed already, and it's easier for them to manufacture and push out a design that already exists with new components in it, basically. Okay. What can we expect then for the next iPad Pro, which clearly need, needs to knock it out of the park considering the for sure. yeah. is so good. To me, it's weird because one of the things will be mini LED, but like, does the general public care? Does that matter? Yeah. It doesn't matter, but it, it matters. Like, you, you know how this is. It's not about the spec, mm-hmm. but if mini LED is more like, hey, here's ProMotion 2.0 or whatever they end up calling yeah. it, and here's, here's how it makes the, 6, your experience hertz. better, then if it makes your experience better, people mm-hmm. will care about that. Oh, and uh, and 5G. But it's just like, I don't know. It's I find it kind of odd that the gap is so narrowed right now. Yeah, it's very it's very surprising. I mean, if you saw it as a regular customer, you went in, you saw iPad Air four, and then like the eleven inch iPad Pro. What would would you be like? Okay, are they the same? Why are they <laughs> different in price? <laughs> when can we expect the next iPad Pro? Well, it was supposed to be later this year, but it's probably going to be early next spring. year. The springtime, yeah. springtime event. Yeah. So they'll be done and they'll probably hold it till March. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yikes. Wait a few months. Yeah. Actually, that's like half a year. I don't all want to of, all of the resources went into trying to make sure the iPhone 12 got out. Of course. I mean, that's yeah. product number one. That has to be yeah. as close to on time as possible. Can we shift to the prediction part of this? Yeah. After we, of take our, after we take our break. John just set it up so nicely. All right. Yes, we're going to take our break. And up next, we're going to talk about some new stuff, some products that Apple is going to be introducing to the market that aren't they're not upgrades. They're new things that John Prosser is going to fill us in on coming up next on Geared Up. Big thank you to Trend Micro for sponsoring this episode of Geared Up. Trend Micro makes home network security simple and pain free thanks to their easy to install home network security device. Simply plug it into your home Wi-Fi router and it'll scan all traffic going into and out of your network, preventing intrusions, blocking hacking attempts, and more. And you can manage all of your devices from anywhere right from your smartphone. These days, it's more than just computers on our home networks. We have smartphones, tablets, smart TVs, game consoles, and several smart home devices like lights, door locks, doorbells, and cameras all of which can provide an entry point into your network. That's where Trend Micro's home network security comes in as it scans all traffic in real time, blocking any suspected attacks or intrusions. 
In addition, you can set limits on when specific devices can be online, approve new devices for access to your home network, and even keep the internet safe for your kids with time limits, inappropriate app detection, and content filtering. You can pick up the Trend Micro home network security device right now at trendmicro.com, and that link is in the show notes as well. Once again, big thank you to Trend Micro for sponsoring Geared Up. All right, so welcome back, first of all. And then before the break, John Prosser teased us with iPhone 12, right? He said, trying to get the iPhone 12 out on time. There are Mm -hmm. some new leaks by Love to Dream, who claims a naming scheme for the new iPhones. iPhone 12 mini, iPhone 12, iPhone 12 Pro, and iPhone 12 Pro Max. So, John, what do you know about those? And what do you know about those names? That is not what I heard. So what have you heard and what do you know about the iPhone 12 as far as having and not having? I just heard iPhone 12, iPhone 12 Max, iPhone 12 Pro, iPhone 12 Pro Max. That's what I was told. Love to Dream has a great track record. I just find it odd because like, I haven't even heard even a rumbling of that naming scheme. So we'll see. It would seem that Mini makes a product seem less than instead of yes. the size. Yeah. Um, yes, it, would, it, would, it would, be would, would be odd. It would be odd. Yeah, it would be odd. So iPhone 12, you've, John, you've been talking a lot about it. I think the big one that people have been following you for is ProMotion, 120 hertz refresh rate. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the latest on that? Didn't make it. <laughs> Didn't ah. make it to mass production. I think was it Ice Universe said there was a silver lining or something. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how that would be the case. I mean, I, I leaked PVT units of the device. And during that leak, I said about half of the PVT units have capabilities to run 120 hertz, which is why in the PVT software, you could see like it was telling engineers, if your device supports high refresh rate, then you can enable this. But if you right. enable it and it doesn't support that, you won't see a difference. And even in that video that we leaked, you could see, because I think the video was filmed at like 30 frames per second. And so you could see, you know, those waves in like a display if it doesn't yeah. match the frame rate. Yep. You could see when that was toggled, they, they sped up and they changed. So there was an obvious like ah. hard on a hardware level display change. But from what I was told, mass production started last week, maybe two weeks ago, and it just it didn't make it into the final units. Could it be that the hardware is 120 hertz capable, but it's being software limited? I, that's what I'm that's what I'm being told in terms of mass production. The hardware didn't make it in. Oh, the display, yeah, it was just, the display yeah, it was is just capable, like, wa- but you know, the controller. Yeah, the control well, yeah, is the, not there. The control unit. So it's it's and why would they spend the money mass producing a phone with the hardware yeah. that they aren't going to use? I mean, why did they do that to my watch? I don't know. <laughs> why does <laughs> why come I have force touch hardware in my watch? It doesn't work. <laughs> so I, I I know the question everybody's asking while listening to this in their cars is if three hundred dollar phones, if Poco phones of the world can have one hundred twenty hertz, why can't? Let me answer this. Let right. me answer this one. And, I, and I'm, I'm playing devil's devil's advocate. I, I know yeah. the answer, but, but that's a question right. people are going to ask, right? The problem is when you have these specialty phones, Pocophone, Razor phone, like all these phones that you see on the Android side where you're like, Android phones can do this. Back in the day, it was Apple had, I believe they had an eight megapixel camera for like five years. They didn't upgrade yeah. the camera. To last and, year or something. Right. While Google was doing, you know, or Android phones were doing 10 megapixel, 12 megapixel, and even more. The problem is if you are Pocophone or Razor phone and you expect to sell 100,000 phones, that means you need 100,000 12 megapixel cameras. If you're Apple and you expect to sell 240 million phones, 
mm-hmm. you need 240 million 12 megapixel cameras. And if Sony says to you, we can't make that number of, of cameras for your phone, we can't, we can't supply that reliably, then Apple's going to say, okay, we're not doing that then because unless we have every single part of the phone available to us, we can't make the phone. And we're not going to take the gamble that says, you know, in March, there's something that happens to the supply chain of the cameras and now we can't make phones for six weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's why a lot of smaller phone makers will be able to put these newer technologies in that companies like Apple and even Samsung sometimes can't do. Although Samsung is able to put a lot of stuff in their phones these days. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask John a question. John Rettinger, you said, and I quote two episodes ago, that if Apple does not include 120 hertz in their phone, it will be an embarrassment to them as a company and to Tim Cook personally, and he may even need to be removed as CEO I did not say if that. that were to happen. I did not. First of, all, I, first of all, that is a gross exaggeration of what I said. Uh, I never said that about Tim Cook, uh, but, I do, but I, I do still believe that if it's not in there, 120 hertz is not in the phone, Apple is going to have to be held accountable. I think at some point now there's a barrier to entry for what consumers should expect for a $1,000 plus phone, right? There are certain things you do expect you think, when you pay that amount of money. Do you think a consumer these days, today, someone going out and buying a phone, average consumer even knows to look for screen refresh rate? So first, I, I hate when people say like, the average consumer doesn't want this. Who knows what the average consumer wants, right? They'll speak with their wallet. I'm not saying what they want. I'm just saying, do you think it's in the mindset I of the average consumer? I think people know when a screen looks good. I think whoever it is, they look at a Note 20 screen. I agree. And they look at an iPhone 11 Pro screen. And they're like, well, the Note 21 looks better. I don't know why it looks better, but it just looks smoother to me. I agree with that. But I would also counter that a lot of people, when the iPhone XR was announced, a lot of mm-hmm. people in tech were were hating on it. And then when people saw it in person, they were like, oh, this this looks totally fine. Yeah. It's 10R, not th- 800p display looks great. I think the argument of like, well, if you saw an iPhone and then a, a Note side by side, you can tell the Note, uh, the display is better or whatever. I think that argument would be valid if they both ran the same software, but they don't. And the consumers are choosing with the right. software and not the hardware. I think that's true. I think most people yeah. are choosing first, do I want an iPhone or do I want an Android device? And then after that, yeah, what's that diagram like, called where like you, you branch off? A, a Venn diagram? The Venn diagram, the circles? Yeah. Yes. So the other one, the diagram where it's like, okay, you make a choice. Yeah, if yes, go this way. If no, go that way. I don't know why I'm gesturing to these two gentlemen when no one else listening to the show <laughs> can see what I'm doing. We um, care though. But basically, I think the first question people, okay, am I getting an iPhone or am I getting an Android device? If I'm getting an Android device, then I start comparing against those. If you're buying an iPhone, you have a lot less choices, number one. And number two, it's mostly about budget, I think. Yeah, it's like, cool, this this note display is really great. But now when I try to text my friends, it looks like I took a picture with a calculator because it sends the picture. Yeah. Where's my emoji at? (laughs) (laughs) Instead, they'll get. To, I mean, Samsung has what is the AR emoji or something? The those scary, terrifying terrible. figure things. Terrible. They're terrible. Yeah. Don't even bring that up. Um, <laughs> listen, okay. let, let's get into some of the new stuff though. Okay. Air tags. Oh AirPods my god! I'm so over excited, dude. I'm so excited about Air tags. So, tell us about these things. What does Apple have cooking right now? So we leaked last week the design for Air tags. And it was, I mean, we had like an assumption of what they were going to look like. There had been an icon that surfaced, leaked from a build of iOS 13 last year or something. 
good news. That was it at the time. That was <laughs> the logo was like it was a plastic little thing with the logo on the front. The final design okay. isn't that. So that was a placeholder image, but it was a pretty mm. accurate placeholder image. The new design, it's a circular. It's like a little bit bigger than a bottle cap. Circular plastic front that's white with no logo on the front. On the back is a metal plate, like a, a polished metal plate that has information on it, like AirTag, ultra wideband technology designed by Apple in California, that sort of thing. And the, the logo's there. I'm very, very excited about that. A lot of people don't really understand like how big this is. Yeah. They're just like, why would I be interested in AirTags? AirTags have me interested in not just AirTags, but the technology in them, the U1 chip, UWB. We I tweeted that... uh. It's not just going to be in AirTags. Apple's putting their U1 chip in Apple Watch Series 6, which I tweeted this before the Series 6 came out. Now it's out, and the U1 chip is in there. HomePod Mini, AirPods Studio, AirPods Pro, AirPods mm-hmm. 3, iPad Pro, Apple TV, Macs, and of course, iPhone 12. AirPods 3. I didn't realize the U1 chip was so small that it could even just go into an AirPod. Yeah, so... Nice. Crazy. And all of this is... All of this can be shown in AR because of how accurate this is. So let's let's say you have an Apple TV, you lose your remote. You got no idea okay. where it's at. You can open the Find My app on your iPhone, which will open up your camera and use it like AR. You can mm-hmm. point your phone around the room and it'll point like in the couch cushion where your remote is. It can <laughs> tell you where it's at. And it can do that with all the products that have U1 in it. And it's unlike GPS or Bluetooth, this is accurate within five centimeters. So it is crazy accurate. Even if like I use an example on on my show for like, if you got kidnapped, you know, if you had an air tag on you, they could find you that way. Or because the U1 chip is in your phone, they can find you that way. Don't you have to have another iOS device to make it useful nearby? So here's the thing. The U1 chip can use a connected network of iOS devices, even if they aren't yours. So let's say you're in a restaurant. You left an AirTag there or, or whatever. Even if your phone didn't ping the AirTag, it will know where it's at based on other people in the restaurant that had an iOS device. It won't connect or share your data or anything like that. It's yeah. just showing the location, like last pinged here. So even if like you got kidnapped and your kidnapper took your phone or something, if they had an iPhone, you would still be pinged. So... I'm very excited for AirTags. Not sure about the price. The accessories are going to be crazy. Unlike Tile, where it has like a little hole for your keychain. Yep. Yeah. You you buy separate keychain accessories. They're little discs that you can slip into mm. a case and put on a keychain that way. Apple sell their own, but also I'm sure third party accessory makers will go crazy for this and make your own little cases to make the AirTags cute. Yeah, I'm sure. And also AirPod Studio, we leaked yes. this week. They look at first I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> But they actually look really great to me. I got used to them and I'm all for it. We had a video and an image, a couple of videos. Same thing we did with AirTags. We had real video of the devices that we then made 3D renders of to protect the source. We did the same thing with the video and images of AirPod Studio. And while we were making the renders, somebody leaked, another random Twitter leaker, just put out the images and video with no consequences to them because it wasn't their source. It was mm. my source, and there were identifiers on specifically on the unit for AirPod Studio, like QR codes, because it was DVT unit. Yeah. And they tweeted, oh, you can't even scan those QR codes, so the source is fine. The issue was not the identifiers. The issue was it was a team of roughly six people that had access to those videos. And so since those videos got out, that whole team got nixed. 
Oh, and, the whole oh. team. Yeah, it wasn't that Apple didn't even take any chances. That that whole hardware team just got outed, and so people really don't understand the the importance of protecting sources, or you know why I didn't care about being first. I cared about doing it right, and we spent days and yes. days and days on on three D renders. And even after the video and images had gotten out, and I reported about the leaks. I still only showed the renders and said, you know, I'm not going to be showing you the videos and stuff, even though they're already out. It, it was never my place to show you the videos anyway. So not that it matters now because the team's gone, but that yeah. sucks. Yep. But your, so- your, your got- source, your source included one of them. Yeah. So there were six people on that team specifically, and only one of them was talking to me and now they're all gone. So that's, yeah, that, that really does suck. That's the behind the scenes uh, in the world of Apple leaks. <laughs> yes. There are consequences, and the the sources know what they're doing, but still, right. it, even when they there's the chances they're taking, yeah, it's still rough. In our last couple of minutes here, give us a run. So you told us about the existence of AirPod Studio. Tell us a little bit more about them, like what to expect from them. One thing I heard was that they might even use ultra wideband just to be able to automatically tell which is the yeah. left ear and which is the right. So ear. You just yeah. put them on. So and if you look at out. the if you look up the the renders that we posted, the design of them is pretty universal. Like it doesn't, you can tell that it wouldn't matter which ear cup was on which of your ears because it's a reversible design. So. That's cool. It can effectively tell which ear is which and then direct the channels appropriately. So it obviously it matters which channels coming through your left ear and which channels coming through your right ear, especially for like especially for stereo audio or spatial audio and in the most Apple way possible, you know, you can just put headphones on and it'll know which ear is which. Which is really, really cool. Magnetic, the the headband is magnetic, the cushion. So it can come out and you can put a new cushion in there. Same with the ear cups, they're magnetic. You can put your own ear cushions there. I'm sure they'll sell a bunch of different ones. No headphone jack, which was interesting, but it does have a USB-C port on the bottom. So like mm. that's for charging. But if you wanted, I guess you could put like a lightning to USB-C cord and right. plug in your phone or your Mac or whatever. So they'll be used that way. And they're not production for the... I don't think I've ever said this publicly. Production for those is going to be completely done towards the end of October, which means that they could announce it in October or they might wait till November's event to announce it. But we're probably going to have three different events. We had the watch and iPad, and then in October, we're going to have iPhones. And then in November, we're having our Macs. Mm. Which ARM Mac is coming first? The very first one is a 13.3-inch MacBook Pro. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, that's I mean, I'm, in the, I'm in the market. My MacBook Pro is 2018, so I'm pretty excited to see what comes it's next. Time. Are you it's guys, time. Are you guys a fan of the pre-recorded events? I think I they're love doing them. great. I think they're doing a great job. I love, I love them, them. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I still want to be there for hands-on afterwards, but like yeah. if they invited us there and we just watched the movie, <laughs> like yeah. I think they're they're so and well done. I don't done think and they, they would have ever tried that if they what if we didn't have the circumstances oh, we sure. have now. But now that we see how sure. good they are, I could see them like, you know, sticking around continuing to do them, even when things go back to normal. Same, even for those of us that are no longer invited to Apple events, it levels the playing field too. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, John, I know the answer, but I do want to ask. I know people are going to want to know, mm-hmm. is lightning sticking around? For, of course, yeah. For iPhone 12. Yeah, the uh, definitely lightning and iPhone 12. And it's one of those things where they don't want an in-between. They don't want a bridge. They want lightning or completely wireless. And until we're completely wireless, we're going to have lightning. There's no reason to be like, iPhone 12 has lightning. And then iPhone 14 is going to be wireless, but let's have fun for the iPhone 13 and put USB-C port because then everyone's got to <laughs> right. change things all of a sudden and they're going to go from lightning straight to wireless. Okay. 
another good thing that the UWB stuff is good for the U1 chip is data transfer. So I'm assuming that down the road they would use it for charging and stuff. But UWB, that U1 chip is going to actually replace Bluetooth for AirDrop. Interesting. Yeah, it's much faster with data processing. Just a little food for thought, everybody. (laughs) It's not just for location tracking. You can transfer data with it. Appreciate that. Yep. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I I can just see see Andrew, like, he just stopped working. The computer in his brain just looked like John Red. It looked like Andrew had something to say. So I was like, I'm going to let him talk. Andrew, it looked like you were about to be rebooted. No, yeah, I was, was going to end the show, but I thought you were going to say something. So I was like, oh, let me wait. <laughs> it, you got you wait. got really excited for the whole data <laughs> transfer thing. And you were just thinking about all the possibilities. Oh, no, because I, I thought it was just about location. So when you talked about like wireless transfer and speeds, I was like, oh, this is OK. This is way, way more than I actually it's thought it was. So it's even more think, exciting. Yeah. OK. Way, all way right. Bigger. John Prosser. This is the new standard, by the way. UWB is is just as important to Apple as Wi-Fi and Bluetooth are. This is Ooh. the new thing. Ooh. Interesting. John Prosser, thank you for joining the show this week. You bet. Thank you for coming on, sharing your knowledge with our audience. I'm the best guest ever this week. (laughs) If you you tell people you were on the show, that'll go a long way. That's all I'm saying. Like like I said, that's all all I'm saying. All caps tweets. All caps. Thanks for joining (laughs) the show. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live and John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app. If you haven't done so already, just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at GearLive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.